0: and welcome to the Almost Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Morin, and I'm thrilled that you're joining me today for a short episode. I think you're gonna have some fun with this one, so I'm gonna jump right into it. Today's episode is called, Is It Possible to Be in Two Places at the Same Time? I was lying in bed one Sunday morning, enjoying one of the rare times that I sleep in. You see, normally I get myself up before the rest of the family and have a morning meditation. But given that the previous night was a late night, by my standards, a sleep-in felt, well, perfect. But as I slowly began to wake up naturally, I could feel the pull of wanting to stay in bed with my wife and our youngest son. So I decided that I'd meditate from my pillow while everyone else continued to sleep. It took me about a minute or so to ease into a frequency that was blissful. Sometime later, as my young son and wife began the slow process of waking up, a feeling of love and gratitude swept over me. At the same time as I was experiencing those emotions, I was also experiencing what can only be described as clarity. It was as though any direction I turned my mind would yield truth and awareness. It was in this moment of clarity that I sensed something that really, really fascinated me. I felt as though I was in two places at once. Now, I'm going to come back to this moment later in the episode to explain exactly what that felt like, but a few minutes after that sensation, I resolved to explore whether or not we can indeed be in two places at once. So the results of my thinking and research, well, how do I even put it? They're, I tell you what, I'm gonna let you decide for yourself. I began my thinking, as I normally do, by asking questions. Is it possible to be in two places at once? Does that ever occur in nature? What does science have to say about it? Well, after much research, I'm going to turn to physics to attempt to build an argument that serves my theory that we can indeed be in two places at once. Are you ready for this? Have you ever heard of the Copenhagen interpretation? In a way overly simplified explanation, the Copenhagen interpretation is a collection of viewpoints on how to interpret quantum mechanics. And quantum mechanics is essentially how atomic and subatomic particles function. I hope I didn't just lose you there. Even simpler, how do things inside things work or behave? We're talking really small things like atoms and subatomic particles. As it turns out, nobody really knows definitively because all particles exist in what's called superposition, meaning that the properties of any particle, like its position, like its spin, like its momentum, these are all unknowable. It's so confusing, right? But hang on, there's just a little bit more. All those things I just mentioned the particle's position, the particle's spin, its momentum are only knowable once a measurement has been taken. So prior to the measurement, you cannot say that they're here or there, that they're spinning up or down, or determine any properties for that matter. The particles are actually here and there at the same time. You get what I'm saying? They're spinning up and down at the same time. And without totally boring you, There are some beautiful math equations that will back that notion up. But let's just say, wow, here and there, you don't say. Have you ever wondered who you truly are? Are you the sum of your body parts? Are you an identity? Are you your thoughts? Are you all of that? Or are you none of that? I suppose if I were to lose an arm, I'd still be Alex. And I suppose if I were to lose all of my other three limbs, I'd still be Alex. So am I what's in my brain? Because when I meditate, I'm effectively shutting off my neocortex, a large component of my brain, and yet I'm still Alex. So who am I? Whether I'm right or wrong, I believe that I'm my thoughts. And in a previous episode, episode number two, called Energy, I made the case that thoughts are energy. Therefore, I'm going to posit that I am simply energy. That energy is part of a consciousness. It's aware. And to me, it's real. Part of that energy likes to congregate in my physical body. But in my Sunday morning experience, I felt as though my physical body wasn't the only place in which I was hanging out. Given the absolute clarity I was feeling, I'm almost certain that I was connected to everything, being all places at once. This is what got me thinking about the prospect of being in two places at once, or at all places at once, if you will. When you experience something like I did that Sunday morning, you really want to explore it. I wanted to feel that connectedness again and understand things the way I did that morning. And because I did experience it, I have a memory of it. And now, the ability to analyze it as though it were recorded digitally. Unfortunately, I can't quite experience it to the same degree as the original instance, but in exploring what we'll call the recording, I'm able to create a pretty good mock-up of the experience. And when I relive that experience in my mind, I really come to the conclusion that the mind isn't necessarily located in the brain. It might actually be located everywhere. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but let's examine a mycorrhizal network, which is the relationship that fungi have with the roots of trees. In a nutshell, fungi connects to the roots of trees and forms a network which influences survival, growth, health, and even the behavior of trees. Now, it's scientifically proven that if a forest is subjected to disease or insect infestation, the mycorrhizal network can forewarn other trees so that those other trees can begin the process of defending themselves from invasion. Special thanks to the Let's Talk Science website for that tidbit of knowledge. But what I'm getting at is that we're not the only living beings that are interconnected outside of our physical entities. Although I can certainly make a compelling case of being connected to our fellow human beings through emotion, it really goes without saying that we've also created artificial ways of connecting through such means as the internet, and even through electronically produced sound waves. So, it wouldn't be a stretch of the imagination to at least consider the possibility that we are connected to something greater than that of which we are aware. After all, the thought of a mycorrhizal network would have been hearsay only a few decades ago. Let's get back to physics for a moment. Those particles I was talking about that had a quality of superposition, again, meaning that they are neither here nor there that they are neither spinning up or down, can arguably be said to be all places at once. There are literally infinite possibilities. This is the characteristic of a wave at the subatomic level. It is, in fact, the observer that defines where here actually is, meaning that the wave becomes a fixed particle with definite properties when it's measured and observed by something or someone. So, if I can essentially shut off the frontal cortex during a meditation, which is responsible for processing sensory information from the surrounding world, am I voluntarily taking away my power of observation and entering a realm where my mind exists in all places, similar to what we see with those subatomic particles? Now that, my friends, is the single most important question in this entire episode, because if the answer is yes, and we could exercise great control over the frontal cortex, it would mean that our thoughts can be everywhere at once. And if you followed the argument that I've been building, and I am my thoughts, then I am literally everywhere. I'm physically where I'm at, and my true being is connected to everything. Hence, I am in two places at once. As you can plainly see, I had a bit of fun with today's episode, and I took it a little outside the box. But it really doesn't discount the sensation I felt on that Sunday morning, and it certainly challenges me and even possibly you, to examine who we truly are. I'll repeat the question that I asked earlier. Have you ever wondered who you truly are? I think that in the near future, as we continue to make progress in the fields of quantum physics, psychology, and biology, just to mention a few disciplines, that we're gonna uncover more evidence that points to the fact that we aren't exactly what or who we think we are. Now, whether I'm right or wrong remains to be seen. So in the meantime, if I had any advice to share, I'd say enjoy the moment and challenge yourself from time to time to look beyond what you know. Because like I say to so many of my students, there are invisible worlds everywhere. Our growing awareness is what opens those invisible worlds up. So thanks for listening today. I'm appreciative of your support and I always look forward to catching up with you. So I will see you again next week and always know that I appreciate you.